Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. My name is Toby Badibo. Welcome to the edition of Inside Nigeria here at the Leadership Television. As usual, we shall be looking at leading stories on some national values and as well have a discussion about the state of the nation. We shall be joined this show by Senator Grace Bolashadi Prince for a discussion on the state of the nation. Before then, we shall be looking at the concrete stories of some national values, beginning with Nigeria's most influential newspaper, the Leadership. Now let's see what's on the front page of leadership this month. Russia-Ukraine war, 200 Nigerians applied to join the Ukrainian army as federal government evacuates 2,090 today. Russia-Ukraine war, Russia-Ukraine war, 200 Nigerians applied to join the Ukrainian army as federal government evacuates 2,090 today. They are peace, marks there, they are late 650 from Hungary, 350 Poland, 940 from Romania and of course 150 Nigerians from Slovakia. Federal government earmarks $8.5 million for 5,000 evacuees. 370 Nigerians will then trapped in Ukraine. Evacuate all Nigerians, not only students. Ex-Ambassador Ganaisa tells federal government. That is, that's on the front page of leadership newspaper. Today, 200 Nigerians applied to join the Ukrainian army as federal government evacuates 2,090 today. Now let's move to our sister publication, The National Economy. On the front page of National Economy this morning, Nigerian businesses to save 12 trillion naira annually from decentralized electricity supply. Nigerian businesses to save 12 trillion naira annually from decentralized electricity supply. Expert Australian government, National Assembly, to expedite action in breaking monopoly of NESI. Expert Australian government, National Assembly, to expedite action in breaking monopoly of NESI. And that is that on the front page of the national economy, we will be seeing that very soon to help dissect the story on the front page of the national economy. Now let's move to the principal name this morning, the Nation Newspaper. On the front page of the Nation, government picks up process for terrorist extradition to the United States. Government picks up process for terrorist extradition to the United States. Malani asks God to okay request, court challenges for two days extension order. Malani asks God to okay request as Abakari himself, Chadini's 14-day detention order. Now, that is that on the front page of the nation newspaper. Now, let's go to the last newspaper on our menu this morning, this day newspaper. On the front page of this day, convention, APC said to vote, appoints Abdulazak's Convention, APC said to vote, appoints Abdulazak. Sharif, of course, Sharif is the former governor of 
pronounced Ali Mabri Sharif is saying he is aware President Mahmoud Buhari is endorsing Senator Abdullah Adamu to become the APC national chairman. Interestingly, Ali Mabri Sharif is an in-law to President Mohamed Buhari. Now, it's an interesting story there on the front page of this day newspaper as events unfold. Now, let's go to the front page of our sister publication, The National Economy, and we're being joined by Mr. Adegele, Mr. Aditayo Adegele of Nigeria. what we have on the front page of National Economy this morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Adegele. Good morning. Nice to have you back on this show for the second time. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to be here. All right, I want you to make a sense of this story we have today on the front page of our sister publication, The National Economy. Nigerian businesses to save 12 trillion naira annually from decentralized electricity supply. Experts urge federal government National Assembly to expedite action in breaking monopoly of NES. Ah, now, you know, this is one of the aspects of the ongoing constitutional review exercised by the National Assembly. So what do we find to gain if the electricity uh, sector is decentralized eventually? Oh, well, um, the, the, the first thing that must be noted is that um, it is a move in the right direction. Um, it is something that we and something that we've also advocated for on on our platform, you know, to Hello Mr. Adibele. Oh similar connection has frozen over there. We are speaking with Mr. Aditayo Adebele of Power Up Nigeria Initiative to help dissect the history on our sister publication, the National Economy, Nigerian businesses to save 12 trillion naira annually from decentralized electricity supply. Well, if we are able to re-establish the connection, we will continue the discussion with Mr. Tayo Adigoni. We need now to go on a short break. When we come back, we will continue the discussion. Don't go away. and advert placements, please contact 080-3688-6158. Last Word Leadership Podcast Studio. You have the last word.
Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Welcome back. It's still inside Nigeria for this Thursday morning, February, March 3, 2022. Now, we've been joined by Mr. Tayo Adibende of Power of Nigeria. Mr. Adibende, before we went off, we started uh, with something, so I need to continue with your line of thought before I ask the next question. All right. So I apologize for the break as well. I was, as I was saying, um, if this is something that we've we've avoid, we have always been advocating for, uh, all different sections of Nigeria's strength, um, the classical areas of Nigeria, different strengths. The way we have um, solar in the north, the way we have gas as dominant place, part of different states have different um, strengths that we leverage on. Use this power that we're talking about, and without necessary uh, investment, for instance, of trying to gas all the way from uh, River State to Kano or to Kaduna, for instance. So, um, and again, uh, they, uh, our privatization system was actually also fashioned after that of India. So, it makes more sense to also go that route. If you go to India, for instance, you have states that trade in power, you know. What it means is that they have the resources to produce power, and we have states that can buy all buy, buy it all things with whatever it is all that they have. So it's a very good, it's a very very good uh, and a very big step towards finding a solution to the power system, uh, power problem that we have. Are you there? Yes, are you still with us? Hello, yes, absolutely. All right. So yes, now I'm here. All right. Are, are you done with that submission? The basic summary of what I said, if you can hear me, I can go over it again. The basic summary of what I said was that. Um, it is a very big step forward to solving the power sector problem that we have in Nigeria, leveraging on the strength of eight states and allowing states to bring their investment and their strength of area into providing solutions to, to the power system uh, problem that we have in the country. So now you also agree with total uh, decentralization of the electricity supply chain. Absolutely, it's what we've been pushing for all along, yes. And what about this figure? I, I think this figure, according to the National Assembly, is coming from the, the World Bank. The 12 trillion era lost to uh, power outages annually. So, if we are to save that, what do you think that kind of money can do for the sector? Well, um, maybe if I were the editor of the magazine, probably I would have taken a different angle to that headline. Okay. Okay. What I think too is that um, the World Bank did a study saying that that is how much we lost every year. I mean, it's not just in terms of how much is lost in terms of in terms of in terms of productivity, in terms of uh, access to you know uh, power to produce things and stuff. Those are the things that they estimated together to arrive at that um, about twelve trillion, about four hundred million dollars annually. So, I mean, then, of course, when you turn in terms of manpower loss and everything, that's what comes to that figure. So, 
Well, so maybe if we solve the problem, if we're able to decentralize and it's able to resolve some bit of the problem, I don't see it as a silver bullet as well. Again, that's probably the problem that we are having because those that are sold, the idea of privatization sold it as a silver bullet. Once we privatize, all problems will, will be resolved. But that's not what sector reform is. Uh, sector, well, that's not reforms. That's not what they are. Reforms are you try something, it doesn't work as I have envisaged, then you try another thing. So uh, we have gone from just privatizing now to the next level, which is decentralizing power generation and distribution. So anybody that has a best, has money to bring it, can bring it in. Bottom line is that it's going to trickle down to productivity of Nigerians, it's going to increase it. Um, a lot of uh, leakages that we've been having. For instance, if you don't have, in fact, there are people that want to invest in the country, but once they start from power, you have to buy the generator, you have to provide alternative. It's a turn off for them. Nearly you, the first thing to tell you is, oh, you have to provide alternative source of power for yourself, or else you won't be able to produce. It's a turn off. So it's not just in saving, it's about stimulating the economy, it's about creating more jobs, and um, probably pushing us to achieve the kind of potential that Nigerian economy should be able to achieve with our kind of uh, landmass and the population and resources that's available to us. All right, finally, Mr. Adegaje, let me give you the following to go. The last time we appeared on the show, we spoke about the faulty uh, privatization of the power sector. Now, I want to ask you, with this uh, latest move by the National Assembly to have a decentralized uh, electricity supply chain. Will this also solve some of the inherent problems in the sector? Or that is a is a different ballgame altogether? Alright, um, this is an interesting angle as well because interestingly, um, there was an event we attended, the Nigerian Institute of Power Engineers uh, event that we attended uh, last year. And uh, one of the issues that crop up at that point is that um, uh, will it be will it be okay to look at decentralizing the regulatory commission? I mean, having states to regulate and bringing everything to the uh, to the center. By the time we have states um, generating power, distributing power, and transmitting by themselves, I'm sure we will need to answer that question directly now. We need to bring the regulatory uh, aspect of it down to those states. There must be there must be a way to. Bring everything again. Don't also forget that it's just not an assembly that has just um, passed that. You still have to pass through the state house of assemblies and the um, and federal government presidency still need to sign up on it. So, um, but again, it's a process. It is a process. Reform is a process. We have done what we could. It hasn't worked the way we expected. It hasn't yielded the kind of result that we expected. So we are looking at how to tweak it. For us to yield um, to get the result that we want. So one of them is that we need more investment, and we can get. But we have states that are already fighting; they're already, you know, uh, agitating to come on board to bring investment. I mean, your state recently went in with about eight billion investment cachet, and we are saying that maybe they will have just um, will have just uh, partner with TCN and all the existing infrastructure so that they can take off. Uh, all the energy that the sector is not able to utilize. You know? So, I mean, so you can imagine for your state is able to create their own power sector, power grid, and say, if you're not satisfied with IBDC, just come on board us. We'll go to a social price. I mean, so it is a definitely it is a move in the right direction. 
it is a move that is going to to create some uh, kinetism in the system and of course by the time he settles down we'll, we'll, we'll be able to also see what is lacking and where else we need to to also reform or to to add salty if we need to add uh there and there as well all right many thanks to you of power of nigeria for creating time of this month on inside nigeria many thanks to you for those besides this month all right we'll go on a short break when we come back we'll be talking to senator grace paula shabibens former senator of the adamawa south senatorial district on the state of the nation don't go in inside nigeria keeping you informed on what matters. Welcome back. We're being joined by Senator Chris Folashadi Bent, a former senator representing Adamawa South, Senator District of the National Assembly, and a member of the ruling All Progressive Congress, APC. Good morning, distinguished senator. Good morning, distinguished. All right, it's like Senator Bent is not hearing me with his stats. Connections as shortly. Let's go on a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Senator Bruce for the Banks, a former senator of the Adamawa South Senatorial District and member of the ruling of Progressive Congress. Don't worry. Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Welcome back. We apologize for that a little hitch over there. We have established connection with Senator Bruce for the Banks. Will be speaking with us on the state of the nation. Good morning, distinguished senator. Yeah, good morning. It's nice to have you on our morning show inside Nigeria for the first time. All right, we've lost connection with Senator Grace. Okay, she's back. Okay, good morning, Senator. Let's go quickly to business for want of time. It's nice to have you on this show this morning. Thanks for having me here. All right, let me have your take on the state of the nation, distinguished senator. Yes, well, um, the major thing that is very troubling to me today is the issue of the bills that have been um, thrown out uh, in the constitutional amendment by the National Assembly. I think that's one of the uh, trending, uh, most trending uh, subject matters all across the nation. And uh, as, a, as a female, uh, politician. I find this very, very worrisome, very disturbing, and um, I, I, it's a, I consider it a major threat to our democracy as it is today. Um, if you have been very uh, current with developments across the nation, the National Assembly has been very busy with, um, you know, passing the clauses and uh, making the bill uh, ready for the president asset. Um, I think that's about the a major thing that is um, you know, trending now. And uh, if you want me to talk about it, I can uh, lend my voice to that uh, very- Why, why? Yes. Um, you know the clauses, uh, the clauses of uh, the citizenship for women that are uh, married to foreigners the additional seats for the women in the National Assembly, 
and um, the 35% affirmative action. I want to take those clauses one by one. And, I, and as a parliamentarian that I am, because once you are a senator, you remain a senator for life. So there's nothing like a former senator. I think I want to um, correct some people who have erroneously addressed senators as a former senator. I'm sorry um, for that. Yes, uh, there's nothing like a former senator. You can say a, a former lawmaker, but not a former senator. Is that you a serving senator or non-serving senator? I'm a non-serving senator as it is today. And um, with my experience uh, in, in parliament uh, work, I am very, very um, worried at the way the National Assembly um, handled this matter. And uh, it goes a long way to um, reflect the kind of mindset uh, of our male gender in the National Assembly. It's not every one of them, but I want to lay the blame on the table of the um, principal officers, um, the Senate President and the Speaker and the leaders across all the political divides. First and foremost, you must understand that um, whether there's a constitutional uh, amendment or not, the political parties have the um, sole responsibility, as it were, to include this 35% affirmative action in their own constitution. So it's irrelevant in the National Assembly because of their chauvinistic, some of their chauvinistic um, traits. Some of them, they are misogynists. And um, they do not understand the workings of the Nigerian constitution. And I'm very, I'm very disappointed at that. The, the constitution is very clear about this. The political parties run the affairs of their uh, independent political parties. It is the responsibility of the political parties to enshrine the 35% affirmative action in their own political parties. In other words, it must be enshrined in their position and be ratified by their convention, not the National Assembly. The National Assembly amendment is just um, an addition and um, a side attraction. So, I don't want the Nigerian women to lose hope and to lose faith in our democracy. It is not over until it is over. It is the responsibility of the political parties. And I want to challenge the political parties today to rise above every primordial sentiment, to rise above their chauvinistic tendencies and see what is happening all across the continent. There is a paradigm shift all over the world. Any nation that wants to progress most as a matter of urgency, view these matters very seriously. I sympathize, sympathize with our nation, Nigeria. If our lawmakers who are representing their constituents, we do the charade that they did in the National Assembly on Tuesday, a dark day indeed, then where lies the hope of an ordinary Nigerian? What is the big deal? I saw this today, the leader the house leader in the house of reps who rose up with you know a lot of arrogance stood up that day to say that um he is married to four wives and is the father of many daughters i beg his pardon that is absolutely reckless you can be married to 20 wives that's your choice 
and that's the choice of the women who choose to who chose to marry you to, but to bring that mentality into the chambers and begin to beg in quotes he was begging his colleagues to tell them please allocate 20 percent for the women i beg his pardon that is most uncharitable to the women folk in nigeria the women who constitute over 50 percent of the population the women who kill under the rain under the sun to vote for this man now you're saying that you're allocating 20 percent a stipend to them and these are the people who voted who used their uh, uh, voters card they are swipes to bring you into that hallowed chambers i mean it's so sad and this is a major message for our women today that enough of this irresponsibility i mean i don't, I don't know how i can explain this you begin to tell mr president who has the prerogative it is his own exclusive right to appoint whoever he so wishes to appoint to his cabinet if he chooses to appoint 100 percent of women into his cabinet it's, a, it's his own prerogative it is not the responsibility of the national assembly to tell mr president please take 20 percent it's not their job they should sit down and read the constitution very well and as such the responsibility of the political party is to go to the convention of each of their political parties when this constitution bring up these amendments at your own convention and let it be ratified 35 percent affirmative action you ratify it at your level of convention at the neck at the neck level national executive level of of, of the of the political parties and then at the convention and it becomes a law in the political parties so what the national assembly did that it was mere charity it, it, it doesn't hold water and it, what pains me is the fact that they don't even understand that this thing and, and you could see the rowdiness that day and some were shouting like babies no yes these are men of honor that i respect well not to all of them i i i i am so happy i appreciate and i say kudos to the few of them who took the bulls by the horns and said no this is not right do men think they are doing us a favor as women no they are doing themselves a favor they are doing the nigerian people a favor they are doing the nigerian democracy a favor it's not about the women i don't know why the men feel so threatened about this development you want development in this nation you want nigeria to progress then you had better go back to the drawing board and do what is right yeah the same senator because of want of time you you just uh spoke my mind talking about going back to the drawing board since the, all these are pro women bill fails at the field at the national assembly you are the first person i heard from you the way out solution that the party should be the one you know championing uh, absolutely Yes, ironically, the, the, the National Assembly is populated by APC members. Now you are a member of the ruling APC. So how do you take up this challenge? How do you approach your party for a way out? Yes, um, I thank God I'm a, I'm a bona fide member of the All Progressive Party, All Progressive, All Progressive Congress Party. Um, then this is the ruling party. And as the ruling party, 
it builds on them to be a blaze trailer. They must set a pace. Well, I still we have lost connection with Senator Grace Paula Shadi Bent, who has been speaking with us on the state of the nation. All right, quickly, let me go to Russia. We are being joined by a Nigerian in Russia to give us updates on the things happening in that part of the world against the backdrop of the Russian Ukraine war. Good morning, Mr. Ogenebo. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Now, yes, good morning. Let me know where you are speaking with me. Let me know your location. I'm speaking from Abuja. Oh, Arisa, sorry, you're speaking from Abuja. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. And we thank you for your patience. Now, let me show you what we have on the front page of the nation newspaper this morning, talking about federal government uh, beginning the process to extradite uh, former supercorp. DCP about carry to the United States. Now, tell us about this process and how will it be pursued through? Okay, so um, the proper thing is uh, what the federal government is, is now doing. Right. Oh, I think we've lost that connection again. I don't know what's happening this morning. All right, we need to go on a short break when we come back. Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Connection with Senator Chris Colossal Benz, a member of the Unprogressive Congress, who has been speaking with us on the state of the nation this morning. Senator, welcome back. Now, I need you to complete your line of talk before I ask you the next question. About uh, my expectation from the All Progressive Congress. Yes, and how will the party to see this through? Yes, uh, you know, the, the APC just completed, uh, concluded its um, women's conference a couple of weeks back, and um, some far-reaching uh, decisions were you know, met there, we reached, and um, we prepared a document, and uh, some of the documents included the um, need for this inclusion of the 35% affirmative action in the constitution of the APC. And um, we have communicated this to the acting chairman of the caretaker. We've communicated this to some of the governors. And um, we, the party has the documents with them. So we expect that in the forthcoming um, uh, convention on the 26th of March, some of these uh, amendments will be um, looked into. And uh, we pray and believe that uh, if they will be ratified and included in the uh, party constitution, uh, enshrined in the party constitution, um, that is the only way out so that uh, we don't um, bother ourselves with what is happening at the National Assembly. Uh, this is 
the duty of uh, political parties and the political parties I, I, like i said once apc is is able to do that i believe that other political parties will take you and uh, do the, the necessary the needful all right the civil senator i need you to stay with me let me quickly go to russia to get an update while we continue this discussion within a minute thank you all right let me go to the nigerian one of the nigerians residing in russia he was the state of things in that country against the backdrop of the russia nigerian war okay we've lost that our connection all right distinguished senator i'm back to you that connection now the 2023 general election is fast approaching now let me hear your take uh as regards the chances of your party at your level of adamawa state and the nation at large in the upcoming general election um thank you very much um the INEC has rolled out its uh, party activities i mean the political party activities for the um upcoming elections and i believe that um as soon as the my party the apc um, it's the ground running with its forthcoming convention um, i think we are ready to go but beyond that, with some of the um, amendments in the electoral law that Mr. President does assented to, it is obvious that um, my party must um, um, understand that it's not going to be business as usual um, with uh, the way candidates emerge in, the, in our political party um, with the electoral transmission of results and um, all other amendments that have been included in the electoral law it's obvious that um, political parties must um, get more serious about how they nominate their flag bearers for the upcoming or forthcoming elections um they must understand that um, rigging will be very difficult because if you're doing an electronic transmission as it were it's not going to be business as usual um, political parties must consciously and deliberately search out for credible candidates popular candidates grassroots candidates who are very very popular and are acceptable to the electorate if you don't do that the electorates are becoming wiser by the day and what we may experience is that electorates will not vote for political parties as it were electorates will rather go for individuals they will vote for individuals that they know can take them to the promised land individuals that have proven track records individuals with antecedents with pedigrees you know that can really represent them and i think this is a major message to our political parties and indeed to my own political party so if political parties and apc which is my party is able to um uh, lost that connection again with senator grace speaking to us on the state of the nation all right let me go to barrister organizer Barista, welcome back. Now, for want of time, take us through the process of extradition. 
How will Urban Caribbean transition to the United States? Okay, so thank you very much for having me. Now, um, now that the federal government has approved the request of the United States of America, it now behooves on the Attorney General of the Federation to approach the court, which he has done by the case he has filed in the Federal High Court, uh, Abuja here, uh, seeking an order for the extradition of uh, Abakari under the Extradition Act. Now, that um, application will be heard. Abakari will have the opportunity to defend himself there. And then, and then once the court is satisfied that there are cogent reasons why Abakari should be extradited, yeah. which is, has he been indicted? Is he, is he to face a trial? There is there a competent order from the United States, from the country seeking his extradition, which is the United States, as in this case? The court will now make that order. And once that order is made, the Abakari will now be extradited from Nigeria to the United States of America to stand trial for the offense. Uh, is alleged to have committed, which is his involvement into the $1.1 million uh, fraud uh, with uh, Hush So, uh, finally, can the court, in its own wisdom, also reject the application of the federal government to extradite Abakari? Is that possible? Yes, sure. Of course, that is why the court is not a rubber stamp to the federal government. The court will look at the evidence before it. The evidence that will be provided will be the evidence provided by um, the United States of America in seeking his extradition. And so once the court satisfies itself that there are cogent reasons why he should be extradited, as the uh, Attorney General has um, postulated, the court naturally grants the order and have him extradited, particularly where he's not standing trial in Nigeria. There's no criminal charge fired against him for that offense. For this, for the offense of that 1.1 million era fraud, he has not been charged to any court in Nigeria, and so I don't see any reason why the court should. Not. But it is within the um, wisdom of the court, the ambit of the court, to look at the process, the documents before it. I don't have all the documents with me now, so the, it is even if I have them, my reasoning may not be the reason of the court. So the court will look at it, and if the court satisfy itself that urgent uh, reason evidence has been placed that links Abakari to that offense and that the uh, extradition request is properly made, then the court will have no hesitation than to grant uh, the order and Abakari will be extradited to the United States to face his trial. Now, Barista, you say he's not standing trial in Nigeria, so there is no test. He has to go. Now, if he has a pending litigation in Nigeria, he has also taken the federal government of the NDLA to go trying to enforce his human rights. Is that also another ground not to allow him to go or not? No, 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 not at all. That is just uh, that's, that's an application for uh, the enforcement of his fundamental human rights because he feels he has been detained unconstitutionally by NDLA. That does not have any business with what is uh, on ground. That is not a crime. What, what is contemplated is if he's done criminal trial, that one is not a criminal trial, that's a civil case he brought for a fundamental human rights. And don't forget, NDLA has also gone to court to seek the order of court to further keep him in order for them to uh, conclude the investigation. So the fundamental human rights has no place at, at the moment. All right, many thanks to you, Barista. Again, 
hotel, regular practitioner, based in Abuja for joining us this morning for this wonderful insight. We hope to see more of you when the day we are ready. All right, that was Barista Ogenova, Otemu, and Abuja based legal practitioner. On that note, we come to the end of Inside Nigeria for this morning. My name remains for the Bye for now. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.